0: Ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's
1: your host, Passive J and Ryan. Good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of the Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. that's Ryan over there. Say hello, Ryan. It is Monday, May the 25th, and Jay, I think I just had a
0: day that would have given you a gigantic panic attack.
1: (laughs) Boy, that can mean so many different things, really. Uh, I see the OG Army is forming up in the chat box. Always happy to see you guys here. Uh, We're going to have a great show for you, Uh, hopefully. I'm an optimist. Uh, So tell us about your awesome day there, Ryan. So about, oh... Probably nine or or ten o'clock this
0: morning. um, Cooked up some food. uh, Kind of threw it in a cooler. Went out to kind of a a private area of a beach here. And spent, oh, about seven, eight hours. What what would have been? Yeah, about seven, eight hours. um, With kind of the dogs just letting them run. A few people came out. Kind of hung out. Had a few drinks. And the entire time was nowhere near a single screen. In fact, I even left my phone at home.
1: Yeah, which made me very angry. I tried to contact you several times during the day, and you weren't there for me. I need your nurturing inter- internet arms when I have problems.
0: So what problems did you have? I, I still haven't even read back. I knew we were trying to pick a winner for the uh, music contest intro yeah. thing. That was, which, the, that, was the,
1: that was the main thing, yeah. Oh, well, that's not
0: that goddamn important.
1: Well, I told uh, everybody that we were going to pick it uh, today, or at least put everything up today, so I needed you to listen to it before I made the thread, and I had questions about the workout in the morning, but I figured most of that shit out, so... Uh, yeah, so how, so how was the workout? Oh, not too bad. Um, the way you had it set up, I had to replace several uh, uh, lifts with other things, but I went to the internet and found replacement things, so what I ended up doing today is uh, Bulgarian split squats. Uh Uh, barbell hip hip thrusts, and weighed uh, wall sits, without the weights, actually, because I'm just wall sits at the moment. Uh, I went with the wall sits because you had asked for leg press, and without a machine, they can't do that. And surprisingly enough, that was one of the alternatives that they listed. So uh, since I'd already did some of the other things that were alternatives to that, I I went with that one. Uh, What do you think of that as an exercise, actually?
0: Um, For someone like you, it's probably good, uh, knowing you don't have a ton of strength there, especially – as you just said, you just did wall sits with no extra weight, right, right, uh, right? So yeah, anything that can keep you doing things that you necessarily haven't done a ton in the past uh, will get some of those muscles that you never developed to maybe you know make an appearance sometime in your sixties.
1: Right. And it's actually funny. Uh, and I had this uh, issue the last time I got the shape and, you know, uh, had it well, not nearly, uh, not while well, still skinny, not nearly as skinny as I am now, uh, when I weighed like 205. I kind of had a really weird build because I'd made good progress on anything that I'd done my lifts for, but anything that didn't specifically hit that those areas was still pretty underdeveloped. So I had a weird looking fucking build. Well, and it makes sense. You were only doing a total of, like, probably,
0: like, five or, or six like different movements.
1: Right. And right. we I need you it, to right. really
0: branch out.
1: Right. And I did some accessory stuff. Um, like, I think my best workouts when I was doing five, uh, five by five, uh, three days a week, and then on two days a week, I do accessory stuff. Um, like, uh, on a day that I wasn't doing my main lifts, uh, I do something like uh, pull, uh, pull-ups, uh, push-ups uh, chair dips, uh, barbell curls and weight, uh, and weight sit-ups. That was my off day workout <clears throat> to try to hit some of the muscles that the, you know, uh, that my routine wasn't getting Because of my routine days. I did the same thing every time, uh, hex bar deadlifts, uh, bar, uh, bench press, uh, overhead press. And, uh, there was one other one that I can't, them that I can't. Oh yeah, and the bent over rows, and so and those were my weightlifting days. So we, I was, uh, but I only ever did those four lifts. The off day stuff helped quite a bit, and it did, uh, you know, make the uh, imbalance in my build uh, not as obvious. But there were still things that none of that was hitting, obviously. Well, now, I mean,
0: if if nothing else, will at least build your backlog of being able to do
1: different things. Right, right. I mean, what I was doing wasn't bad. I mean, especially with the off day stuff, mixing it in, uh, I was in decent shape and, uh, and I was enjoying it. But like, like you said, if you want to, eventually that would have been bad for me. Cause I'm sure there's muscles that I was developing where I wasn't developing the counter pull ones. And that's how you actually hurt yourself from what I understand.
0: Well, definitely that if you become in balance and then there's also just something to be said as far as just completely ingraining a certain pattern in and never really changing it. Like your body finds ways to cheat some of these things. So if you really want results, you need to be kind of changing up how you're approaching things, whether it be like, as you can see in the the workbook itself, whether it be like set and rep ranges, different, you know, different lifts, uh, different things that you're targeting, like, If you're not doing that, eventually your body just kind of figures out what you're going to be doing. And as your entire life goes,
1: puts out minimal effort. Uh, Yeah. And I did notice that you do switch that up quite a bit. One of the questions I sent you this morning uh, and then I ended up just going for it myself was I asked you uh, if you would have if you thought it would have been better for me to go back to week one and start over again since I had I'm just now adding weight. Uh, I ended up going with the week three workout. Uh, But I know since week four is a, uh, you know, a deloading week and it probably won't actually be necessary. So uh, I wanted your opinion on what I should do at that point. Should I just go ahead and go to the load week or start back over on week one since I never got high enough to need a deload week?
0: No, you're doing the deload week. Like everything that's there is there for a reason. Uh, So even if you're not like really putting up much weight yet, like there's there's reasons behind these things. Mm -hmm. So as you move through it, follow it. Up until we get to the end of God, what is it, five or six months, and then
1: you can go back to week one of okay. block one. Right, right. Okay, so that means this week I really need to up the weights as much as I can, otherwise there won't be anything to deload it, to so to speak. <laughs> yeah. You
0: <know>? Well, there's <laughs> still there's still something to be said for deload. Like you are accumulating stress over time doing this. Like that is the thing about. Stress, right? It's it's cumulative on the body, so it's not necessarily something where you have a, a day off that you're necessarily going to get rid of all the stress that's accumulated. So even if you haven't been doing a ton of weight, you're still hopefully pushing yourself to the point that you know you're getting a, a pretty pretty solid response. So by the time you get through this deload week, like you'll be happy that you
1: had it. I'd call it about half and half because as I mentioned before, there were certain lifts that I was not fucking around on. Um, So... I, uh, about half of them, I th- I'm pretty close to what I think I should be doing. The other half this week, I'm going to try to load up to that point. Uh, but there are a couple things like, for instance, like, uh, I'm assuming that in addition to lowering the weight, uh, you're adding extra reps and things like that to compensate for it. Cause there's a couple lifts where when I say I can't deload, I mean, I fucking can't go any lower than what I'm goddamn doing <laughs> like the front lifts, uh, you know, the front barbell lifts where you lift them both up at the same time. I'm only using, uh, 10 pounds on either side, you really can't really go any lower than that. I mean, I guess low, if, if I'm going to put like 5 pounds on either side, I guess. I mean, there's, or, or there's like a lift. When I'm doing the front squats, I'm, I'm using the Olympic bar. I'm just using the fucking bar. I think I might have added 10 pounds on the last time. So for stuff like that, I really don't really know how far backwards I can go for a deload. Well, so that
0: that's going to be the, the thing that sucks for you then is you can only go as far down as your equipment lets you. So you're doing a front squat and you're only using the bar. load week, you're uh, you're still using the bar.
1: Okay, that's what I figured. If, if I can't go any lower, just go as low as I can. Um, and hopefully, you know, uh, some things are getting better. Uh, like with the, I can tell my legs are starting to get stronger. Uh, I'm making progress with the Bulgarian split squats. You know, the first week or two, I, I'm trying to do three sets of 10. That's the goal. Because uh, that's what you have prescribed for most of the times for that that uh, particular exercise. Um, although I do do it two or four if that's what you ask. Um, but now, when I first started off, I couldn't do three sets of ten. The first time I did like a set of ten, then a set of four and a set of two, yeah. You know? um, then the second week, you know, it was a, a set of ten, a set of, a set of seven, and then a set of four. Uh, this week it was two sets of ten and a, and a set of seven. So I'm getting close to the point where I should be picking up weights with it again. But I can, but I'm telling, I can tell that I'm actually making progress. Yay! Hey, that's what we're after, right? Right, right. Little bits and pieces. Uh, you know, it's going to be a while. <clears throat> Once again, that's another one of those uh, lifts that kind of depresses me because while I wasn't super duper strong, at one point I was doing that with holding fifty pounds on each side. You know, five sets of five with fifty pounds. Now I can't do one with fifty pounds, much less five sets of five.
0: Eh, you'll get there, like. Where you're at, like, you should see pretty good gains over the per- first, you know, couple months here right, uh, before right. you really start getting anywhere close to what your like, genetic potential is. Like, you've never gone through a true, like, I mean, you kind of gone through a program the way you did 5 by 5 but you haven't gone through, like, having someone set out for you a good six months worth of training. Right, so when you right. look back at the end of this thing and I hope you're still documenting like exactly what you're doing and how you felt on each day, you'll be able to go back and read that and be like, God, damn.
1: Have I come a long way? Yeah. Yeah. My, it turns out my dry erase board, I should have erased that a long time ago. So I need to take it down and scrub it because <laughs> that shit uh, after a while doesn't be, isn't dry erase anymore. It's fucking semi-permanent, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have been keeping track of how much, uh, weight i'm lifting uh, each day and all that good stuff i've also uh downloaded my fitness uh, pal which i've had several times to start keeping track of my calories again because uh, that's obviously the biggest issue is just getting enough fucking food into me to make any of this worth the while
0: yeah so how is that coming are you still at least staying on
1: on brand as far as what i put out there for the most part, yeah. Um, I, I've had to make it, made a, a couple exceptions because I've decided that my number one priority is getting mm. enough calories in me, calories that don't hurt my stomach. And then I'm going to try to stay on your your diet for the best part other than that. Uh, once again, we're, I'm having issues getting everything I need. Uh, it's really hard to get hamburger or any type of decent meat. Uh, I try chicken, but I fucking hate chicken. <laughs> Um, turns out I don't like it at all. It's just all plain and nasty. Uh, c- the problem with that being, combined with my IBS, I can't really prepare any chicken in any way that I enjoy it. Uh, at least hamburger, I don't mind that plain. Mix it in with some rice. The hamburger gives the, ri- the rice some flavor. and It's not too bad. Um, but I've been adding other stuff in, uh, to be honest. Uh, I told you guys I wasn't going to lie. Um to get to the calories as a matter of fact today is probably the first time ever where I hit my calorie intake uh, I have the thing hooked up to my uh, Fitbit uh, tracker too so it, it keeps track of all the exercise I do and adds that into and adjusts how many calories I should be eating to reach my current goal and today will be I think the first time in, in my memory that I'm going to hit as many calories as I have and, and how are you getting there um you're not gonna like it, dude. Uh, I, I, I honestly, if I thought about lying to you guys about uh, about this, just because I don't, I'm sure you're not gonna be a big fan of this. Uh, I picked up a product called Huel. Uh, are you familiar with it? No. Okay. It is supposedly a complete meal replacement. Uh, according to their, to their claims, you could live 100 percent on this and get everything that you need. Uh, all the uh, vitamins, all the protein, all the fiber, uh, everything that you need. Um. And I looked into it because it's fucking IBS friendly. uh, And it was, and it was an easy way I could add calories and looking into it, unless it's just a complete fucking hoax, it's actually pretty good. Um, They do, it does give you everything that you need. Uh, uh, You'd have to eat five servings of it a day. Uh, One serving is about 400 calories. Uh, and I've been trying it for a couple of days, and it's fucking great, dude. Uh, it's not its not amazing tasting, uh, but it, uh, the first the day that I took two servings of it, it cleaned me out like I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to have problems for it, but it was just my uh, uh, system dealing with actually getting enough fiber for once. Uh, I've already stopped taking Metamucil. I don't need that anymore. Um, and I've been taking one or two servings of that a day for the last uh, two or three or four days, and it's great. Let's see, I'm, you know um, – like today, I uh, had two servings of it, added 800 calories to my intake. Uh, nice and easy. No sugar. To add in. I mean, if you get a chance to look up the stats on it, it's, it's fucking a miracle. <laughs> the stats don't mean shit. It's not real food. Well, I don't know. If you look at the real, why don't you know what they make stop it, it. Of? No, that, No,
0: it's not real food. Any real like nutritionist would slap the shit out of you for saying,
1: hey, this is how I'm getting my calories. Well, there's a couple things here. One, I realize that uh, a powder is never going to be as good as, like, real food. Um, But when you list, look, look, here's its ingredients. Oats, pea protein, flaxseed, brown rice protein, um, and vanilla flavor. Uh, And then a couple things for uh, flavoring and sun oil and micronutrients. Some powders and micronutrients. But its main ingredients are oats, pea protein, and brown rice protein. So... At least at the base of it doesn't sound too shabby for you, um, Jay. I know. I, okay, let me finish. But I, what I was gonna what I was gonna say before I got distracted by the ingredients, I realized that that's not the best thing that I should be eating. Right now, I'm trying to get myself to the point where I'm physically capable of consuming that many calories a day and stretching my stomach out because. Right now, I can't eat that much. I eat small meals. It's hard to get myself to eat when I'm not hungry, something that's you know not tasty or anything like that. This is allowing me to get the calories I need, get myself used to that calorie intake, and stretch out my stomach from eating all this all the time. Uh, and hopefully, that'll make it easier for me to get onto your diet as I, uh, as I progress along. Okay, let me have it. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> you don't have a goddamn bow leg to stand on here. you really don't like you need actual food you need more calories add a little bit of butter or something like that like you can get calories in real food and you're going to absorb it much better than some bullshit powder and you can look at the nutritional facts on that stuff Mm -hmm. as long as the day is but it's not giving you what actual real prepared food is going to give you you can talk about the size of your stomach you can talk about not being hungry
1: but at some point, you just got to buck up and fucking do it. Okay. Uh, and I can respect your opinion. Why is it? I mean, if, it, according to them, it's, uh, you know, they're saying that you can live on this if you want to. It's not harmful for you all at all. It's actually helpful. Um, Jay, uh, so you can live is, off no. Chef Boy RD ravioli. Right, right. Like you can right. live on a lot of shit. Mm-hmm.
0: But if you want to be optimized and you want to perform, you don't take that stuff.
1: Okay. Like, if you uh, well, take a
0: look at anyone that performs at any sort of high level, they're getting
1: real food. Okay. Why isn't that real food? Food because it says that it gives you this nutrition, this amount of protein, this amount of you know, this amount of vitamin D, this amount of vitamin C. Well, why is it different? Because they took that food and uh, and ground it up into a powder before they served it to me.
0: Because that's how you actually lose a lot of the nutritional value and absorption. Like, grind- if you take something. It, Yes. Yes. By grinding it and shit like that. And by preserving it to where it's shelf stable, like there's a difference of how you prepare things. It's like the nutrients that you can absorb from spinach are vastly different of how you prepare the food. So if you get it like in its raw form as a leafy vegetable, you're getting one nutrient profile. If you cook it, you're getting something completely different. And even the way you cook it, you're getting different things. Same thing with say something like rice, you prepare rice right off the bat. You're getting a certain nutrient profile. If you try to reheat rice, you're getting a completely different nutrient profile and it's not as good for you. Anything that's been ground into a powder mm -hmm.
1: and shelf stabilized is not as good as the real thing. Okay. I can understand being ground into a powder and being shelf stabilized would change the, the nutritional characteristics of it. However, they still have to list those nutritional characteristics, don't they? So, if it was lacking something, they would show that it's lacking something. And this claims that if you took, uh, you know, if you took two thousand calories of it, uh, so like you know, like a, a day of just eating huel, you would get one hundred percent of all these different things. They're, uh, so while they might be lacking more what they more of it because they got ground up, they're still supposedly, according to this, including uh, has all those ingredients and nutrients still. Um, so basically, unless they're lying about what it does, I don't see you know, why it's such a huge deal. Um, I'm not trying to argue with you. you. You are obviously way more of an expert on this than I am. But I'm just trying to wrap my head around that part, I guess.
0: So here's what you need to wrap your head around. Uh-huh. You can take a vitamin that supposedly has 10,000% of a certain mineral. Mm-hmm. And because of the way your body breaks it down you're only going to get a small percentage of that. So when you look at nutritional labels, they're measuring what's actually there in whatever you're getting, right? So like, mm-hmm. if you think about it, you can get a nutritional label on a cut of meat. Mm-hmm. And it's going to tell you how much it weighs and what you're going to get from protein and things like that. Right off the bat, once you cook it, obviously the weight changes. By the time your body actually absorbs it, you're getting a far different amount of each of those nutrients. So when you're looking at these labels, that's not telling you exactly what your body is truly getting from the food. It's what's been measured in a lab and passed off to the FDA. Hmm, So if this thing tells you you're getting 100% of everything, there's a very highly likelihood that by the time your body actually digests all of this, You're getting a small fraction of those things. Whereas if you follow what I actually put out there as a diet, it's there for the most efficient bioavailability of the things your body needs.
1: Okay. That uh, that all makes sense. Um as I mentioned before, I am having trouble getting the stuff that I need for your diet. Uh, but uh, if you feel so strongly about it, obviously I'm going to keep on trying. Um, I just hope that this entire thing ends pretty soon and I can just go back to buying whatever the fuck I want at the grocery store. That would make life a lot easier on me. In between well, trying yeah, to follow it, your diet and this IBS thing, It's it's fucking sucks lately.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely a thing. I just We need to change how you think. And I think that's where we need to get. Like, you see a lot of these things, and you think, "Ooh, that gets me everything I need." But like, there's so much underneath that that like you've just never been exposed to. And I think a lot of it is, and and you'll probably see this in some of your workouts too. Like, I I don't think you've really ever felt like a high performing human. Barely. So like, you don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you don't really know these differences, and you don't know how to listen truly to your body and what it needs. So if right. we can get you there, mm-hmm. you'll do the same thing. You'll talk to one of your friends and, you know, a, a year and a half, and they'll be like, "Hey, I'm trialing this dishoylent stuff. It gives me everything I need. And you'll be like, "You're a fucking moron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um, well, I am, and I'll be honest, I am going to use it to supplement if, if I, at near the end of the night, if I haven't eaten enough food and I can't, and I can't stomach another hamburger, you know, with no uh, bun and all that good stuff and more rice. But I promise I will not use it as my main source. Uh, It will be something in an emergency because I figure eating that would still be better than going to bed short the calories. So, yes and no. I say
0: yes while there are still issues with getting everything you need. Yeah. Once you have the ability to go out and get whatever you need, then there's no more excuse. You're just, you're shorting yourself at that point. Okay. So think of it this way. It's not necessarily me being pissed at you. It's me being disappointed in you as a human. (laughs)
1: fair enough in exchange all i ask is after the show is over uh look at their site and read it over i'm sure you're gonna think it's bullshit but uh it did there it seemed like at least from their side they're uh, trying to be honest about what they're producing and such so uh,
0: no so they try that and i've I've tried something similar and i actually did it as kind of just a thought experiment mm -hmm. so it's the same thing a company called soylent was one of the first ones to do this and I got a shipment of their stuff and I ran it for I think it was two and a half weeks where I only had like their shit. Oh my, and I tracked my per- and And I tracked my performance and my performance dropped like a sack of bricks. Mm. And supposedly I was getting just as much calories and I was actually getting probably even more of a percentage of you know, certain nutrients. But No. My performance completely sank. I felt shittier. I did not sleep as well. And then I went back to real food and, hey, magically I was back to baseline.
1: All right. Excellent. All right. Well, I can understand why you'd have that attitude then. So, uh, like I said, take a look at uh, the uh, website. But I'm sure you're not going to find anything that changes your mind for the most part. Yeah, it's going to say
0: the same thing as the other one did. Like, it's the same market. Like, they're they're all doing the same thing. From what you read, as far as,
1: like, uh... Ingredients. It was virtually the same things. Like right, right. Basically, it's a um, the main thing in it is uh, uh, where does it say on there. Basically, fine, uh, fine, powdered oats is like ninety percent of it. Then um, it's got it's, you know, it's a people of things in there. Yeah, it's
0: just marketed for people that want to think they're being healthy and want to cheat the system essentially. And it just yeah, it just doesn't work the same way.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Oh, let's see. Let's uh, go ahead and move on. I'm sure people are tired of hearing about my workout and nutrition stuff. Uh, Looking at the topics for today, uh, one of the things in the news is people are all pissed off about a pool party in Texas. Have you seen this? I've seen some stuff about people being
0: pissed off at different gatherings, but what's this one?
1: Uh, same thing uh, apparently a, a some sort of club nightclub or a club it's at a uh, pool party at a Texas club uh, draws ire because it you know it's just your standard thing uh, what you'd expect a whole bunch of people packed into the pool around the pool no one's wearing face masks you know uh, nobody's social distancing uh, basically it looks like a normal uh, Texas day at the pool um, and everyone's lost their minds about it uh, and I'm, at this point, kind of indifferent. I realize why people are upset about it, because those guys, if anyone has it, now they all have it, and they're going to go around and spread it to their grandmas. Um, but after a certain point, I don't know. Uh, they know they know what they're getting into, so I don't know. It's, what do you think?
0: I think at some point, like... <sighs> so this is the thing that I struggle with all of this. Like, yes, it's a good idea to do the social distancing, and shelter in place was a good idea and it saved a bunch of lives. I'm sure and there's also something to be said for survival of the fittest. And if people want to be stupid and they end up dead, I kind of think they got what they had coming to them. The point sure. that I, I would make around this COVID thing is there were good decisions or things like companies forcing people to be in an environment that may not be best for their health. Like that's a completely different thought to me is yes, we're going to force you all to come to work. If you don't come to work, you're fired, but there's this gigantic pandemic going on that may get you sick or your loved
1: ones sick. Like that's a different thought. Right, right, right. And that's where it becomes very complex. Uh, I think you have every right to risk your own life. Um, uh, there should never be a law against stupidity. Uh, the laws of nature are in place exactly for that. They'll take care of any, any, of the, any of that shit. Uh, but the problem being is, realistically speaking, they're also risking other people's life when they don't take precautions. So you know, they go to the pool party, they have a great time. You know, they swap spit with some chick, uh, and you know, she's got the COVID. Now they've got the COVID. Now they leave uh, the pool party, go home, uh, give it to grandma and their and their uh, sister. Who <laughs> and now sister goes out and sleeps with four. Guys, Now all four guys have it. They give it to their grandmas. Now, because that guy went to the pool party, you killed about five or six grandmas. Well, maybe
0: if you went to the pool party, don't go visit your grandparents.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the, once again, there's another layer onto it that uh, if you're living your life that way and you're responsible, that you have every right to, but what are the percentage of people that actually would would take zero precautions at a pool party and then start taking precautions after that, really. I think it's pretty small. I think most of those people are giving the COVID to their grandma. Yeah, probably so. Uh, yeah. Kind of speaking
0: about the whole COVID thing, um, did you see in Switzerland that they actually uh, ruled uh, via a lawsuit that companies in that country that have folks working from home? are responsible for a percentage of those workers rent.
1: Wait, wait, say that again. I, I don't think I under, I don't understand.
0: So in Switzerland, if you have a company and your employees are working remotely, mm-hmm. you are then
1: responsible for a certain percentage of their rent. Oh snap. <laughs> um, see, I wondered if something like that was coming. Cause, uh, Um, You know, the next step is, of course, if that's going to be true, uh, all these places are going to start closing their retails or commercial spaces entirely, because obviously, if you know, they're going to need to figure out money somehow or another to pay for all this shit. And if everyone's working at home, then you don't need most of your office space.
0: Well, and that's a thing. Like, I think a lot of these companies are seeing that and you see that with some with some industries where you have a lot of, of telecommuting going on. And they're saving millions upon millions of dollars on commercial real estate. And they're not picking up any additional expense from their employees working from home. And in some cases, the employees are actually seeing a greater expense because of the requirements they may have
1: for a home office. Right. Some of them have to kick up their their internet. Like, for example, if I work professionally at a, at a home thing, I probably have to kick up my internet because I just have the basic one. I think I normally get 10 or 20 megs download speech, which is fine for like if you're watching TV or playing games. But professionally, I assume a lot of people would need more than that.
0: Yeah, I bumped up to 100 up, 100 down, which sadly was the best I could get in my area. Uh, there's not like a good one gig service, but... Yeah, that was one of the first things I did when when this all went down, just knowing that there are going to be times that I'm in the middle of like a meeting and I'll also want to be multitasking like on my desktop
1: and just right. I'd rather not have issues. Right. Better safe than sorry. Um, of course, right now, people are like, oh, these companies are saving all this money because their people are working at home on the commercial spaces. Well, they're not right now because they still have those commercial spaces. They can't. Most of them haven't changed anything yet because, all this COVID stuff's temporary and, and they don't know how much, you know, if they're going to need their commercial space. Most of them probably have, they haven't got rid of any at all. Uh, eventually they might once they figure out how many people they can keep at home and how many they have to bring back once this stuff's over. Uh, but as of right now, I bet you it's not saving them any money.
0: Some of it, they are like if you think about the commercial spaces, they are saving with utilities there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they're right. able to obviously, you know, there's not near the power consumption. They're able to ease off on like the heating, cooling, that sort of thing, That's just a good to be point. at a I maintenance thought that. level. Yeah,
1: I uh, thought so about they that. are,
0: yeah, they are saving a decent amount. But I can tell you, like, there's going to be a lot of industry that adopts more of a telecommute model from just this being forced upon them. Like my company itself like we were having this uh we had a, a town hall this past week and that was one of the questions to kind of some of our le- senior leadership was like after this is all said and done and we start getting people back to the office like is there a thought that there may be like some of the non-essential folks that could just telecommute you know long term and their answer was like that's definitely something we're looking at we had proven that we can you know, operate in this model and be successful. So why would there not be conversations you know, long-term?
1: Right. Right. Exactly. This is a case where, where the technology being forced upon people is a good thing because obviously this, this te- type of technology has been around for years and years and years. And there's always been a certain percentage of people that telecommuted. Uh, but, Management being who they are are normally older people. I mean, you don't have a lot of companies with young people in the management system. That's not how it works. Uh, That being the case, most of these old people are not as technology, techno, are not as savvy of technology as like the younger folk. So, despite the younger folk probably telling management that, hey, we could do all this, you know. Uh, virtually and this, that, and the other, it never really sank in for them and they never really considered it as a realistic thing. Because, you know, it is kind of odd to say, hey, by the way, uh, 70% of your workers don't need to be here. Um, You could tell somebody that you can, that you're going to have all of your people work from home or like a high percentage and, and, you know, it's hard to believe that you're going to get the same amount of productivity out of them. Uh, or Of course, as it turns out, you're actually getting more because uh, there's less distractions. There's less coworkers coming into your cubicle and uh, shoot the ship with you for 15 minutes and this, that, and the other. Uh, but it's one of the rare cases where, you know, the old folks are going to be forced to see that it works good. Oof. Well, some of that's already happening. Like, if you
0: see a lot of kind of more professional environments, not but five, six years ago, they were very, you know, straight laced as far as, you know, like you are in, you're in slacks, you're in a button down shirt, you may or may not be, you know, wearing a tie daily. And people just realize like, if you have folks that are comfortable, they're, they're better at their job. They're more efficient. They're more comfortable. Like they're more at ease. So again, my company, very large company about year and a half, two years ago. Now they went out and like, So we're going to go super relaxed business casual. So like jeans, polos, that sort of stuff, like didn't miss a beat, you know, all the way up to our CEO who will do, you know, town halls and jeans and obviously like a button down and blazer over it because he's a millionaire and that's what they do. (laughs) But like, there's just a, there's, there's a gigantic shift in labor around some of these ideas that just, they just don't
1: make sense anymore. Right. Exactly. Um, and obviously where I work, uh, tradition is a very big thing. Um, even if I never had tattoos or anything like that, I would still have to wear a suit because that's tradition. You know, if it was a woman that doing my job, she'd have to be dressed up all fancy. Uh, Me being a guy, I have to be dressed up all fancy. Um, like that where i work at like there's a the dress code for the members you have to wear a collared shirt it can be a polo shirt it can be something you know um that's count cal- that's got our considered what, what we consider casual for the longest time you couldn't wear jeans uh, they changed that a while back um then you know then it was you couldn't wear jeans with like frayed ends or like you know the artistically ripped shit that they had for a while couldn't have any of that um and we're actually kind of relaxed. Cons- Compared to some other country clubs, because most country clubs have a no denim rule entirely. Like you can't wear jeans. Period. Uh, we are pretty relaxed like that. We re- relaxed like that. Excuse me, I'm losing my uh, enunciation. Uh, we you're required to have a polo shirt uh, with a collard or a pullover sweater. Uh, then, of course, for our events that are more fancy, uh, you have to wear like a, a sports jacket. Then there's formal where you're required to wear a tie and a jacket, and then there's black tie, where you just have to wear basically a tux. Um, but uh, it's funny how, despite the fact that nobody likes these dress codes, they all enforce them. It's it's the members club. They could change any of this shit at any time. And there's way more younger members than older members. But because the older members want to keep this tradition on, the the younger members basically don't fight them on it, despite the fact that they don't like it. It's It's a really weird situation.
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily get it. Like, but the thing is, is these traditionalists, they're just going to die off eventually anyway. So you can see these things starting to change slowly, you know, 10, 15 years from now, unless you're in a service position, you're probably going to be working from home. When you're in offices, you're probably going to be in
1: jeans. Like these, these are just the the way things are going to be. Right. And don't get me wrong. In some ways, I like the fact that I wear a suit and tie to work every day. Um, despite the fact I get uh, teased about it quite a bit. I like the way I look in a suit. Uh, I've never been able to afford to wear stuff like that before. So, you know, uh, dressing up fancy, despite the fact I've been doing it for 15 years now, it's still kind of new for me sometimes. Uh, Other days, it's just a pain in the ass. It'd be really nice just to throw on a a T-shirt and a pair of jeans and go to work, as opposed to spending the 10 or 15 minutes it takes to, like, assemble a fucking three-piece suit and, you know, uh, uh, tie your tie, put on your cufflinks, yada, 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 yada. and as Stray says, yeah. imagine if you had a nice suit. Yeah, I have a couple. that I think they're. you guys are too harsh on my suits. Uh, I, I'm doing pretty good with what I have to work with. It's just no, no suits are my size. So even a tailor, a good one, can only do so much. So I would have to have like a fully custom suit. Like I can't go buy a suit off a rack, period. I'd have to go to buy a not yet made suit to have it really fit me right. And God knows how much that kind of thing is.
0: Well, you're going to find out the next year when you have your your stipend. You've already committed to going to an actual, like, decent tailor and getting one really nice suit as opposed to
1: four, you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah, TJ Maxx suits. Well, here's the thing I get $500 a year for this. I don't think I can buy a custom fit to me suit for $500. I can buy a pretty nice pre-made one, but I still think it's going to have the same issues as my cheaper ones. It'll just, you know, it'll be a nicer one. That's fitting me poorly. You can get a pretty nice suit for 500 bucks or yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I can, but can I get like a custom suit made for me for 500 bucks? Like where they measure, like where the suits not even on the rack yet, they measure you and then make the suit.
0: No, you're not gonna be able to go that far unless you're gonna take a, a trip internationally. But right, right. you but that, should be able to go somewhere and get a, a suit that's been designed for someone your height and they'll be able to tailor it to to get the fit correct. Mm-hmm. It's I, not I, like you'll be going into a TJ Maxx where everything is made for you know a five foot ten, hundred and
1: sixty pound male. Right. Well, no. And I found that I've go to, I've gotten stuff that, you know, is made for like, you know, um, extra long, slim and things like that. And that's what most of my suits are, dude. Um, (laughs) they're not standard size. They're actually ones intended for that. That being the case, I'm still this weirdly weird combination of tall and skinny and they have to be modified so much that, you know, you see the the result. That's why I said, well, I'm going to try the $500 suit, but I bet you guys, it ends up looking like all my other suits. It'll be just a nicer material.
0: I bet you it's gonna look a hundred times better, and at that point
1: you should have put on some muscle, right? Right. So your weird frame shouldn't be as well weird. Yeah, and stray was asking if I've ever had my measurements taken. The basic ones, yeah, like you know uh, the the shoulder, arm thing, the the waist, that yada yada, um, and my neck because you know I I buy uh dress shirts as well and. uh, they come in different sizes than just you know, small medium large they have like uh, i think i wear like a. Uh, i'd have to go look at my shirts i want to say a 18 and a half neck 36 arms that might be right or 37 so a, a very a very weird size eight, eight, maybe 18 and a half i think cuz i think i like my collars a little loose you pencil neck geek <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i think like uh at my best i was like up to a 19 inch neck because i was so, so proud that i added like a whole inch to my neck <laughs> so yeah and yeah, yeah stray's like probably 30 I, I, it might even be 38 39 uh, i'd have to go get one it's it's a weird number and like whenever i go to the uh uh suit store they normally have like maybe a dozen different shirts that size you know uh five seven white ones uh two gray ones and like three or four colorful ones yeah <laughs> Yeah, see, I have the exact
0: opposite issue, where I have to go in and you know my traps are basically my neck, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have to get a shirt that you know was a, originally made for someone that's like four hundred pounds to get around my fat neck, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and always like, strays giving once again giving me crap about my colorful dress shirts. I know, I know pe- people don't like them for the most part, but I get compliments on them at work you have to remember i wear a suit every single day five days a week uh, six days a week in the summer and white gets boring as fuck you know <laughs> same old black suit uh, gray suit uh, or blue suit uh, or a tan suit those are the four colors i normally have black gray blue tan uh and then then you know white shirt white shirt white shirt white shirt after a while i like to change it up with other shit you know so yeah a blue shirt might look weird or uh, I have a couple light lavender uh, purple suits uh, excuse me shirts I, I don't have a lavender suit that'd be fucking awesome um, the uh, big boss at work had one at one point he, he bought a lavender suit I think he wore it like three or four times and every single person from his manage, management to members gave him shit about it <laughs> he stopped wearing it I'll wear a screaming pink suit and no one's gonna say a goddamn word yeah, yeah, I thought he looked fucking great in that. You know, it was like a a, a subtle uh, a lavender, uh, like darkish purple kind of, which it wouldn't be lavender, I guess. I thought it looked pretty tight, but he got a lot of crap about it. Uh, purple shirts, on the other hand, have went well. Like uh, I'm not the only one that wears that at work. A whole bunch of people have gotten into the uh, like uh, light purple shirt thing. Uh, it, it offsets uh, some of the ties a lot better, I think. Yeah, we just need to get you some decent ties, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got a shit ton of ties from a guy who's quite the clothes horse. The problem being, he likes earth tones, so almost all the ties he's given me are, like, different shades of brown. And I can't find a brown sh- uh, suit to save my fucking soul. Um, you know, like, just, like, a, a dark brown. I can do, I've got a tan suit that I've wore, so a lot of his ties have worked well for that. But 90% of my suits or yeah, you know, most of my suits are black. Uh, blue or gray and the brownish tannish uh ties don't really go with that so despite despite the fact that i've got probably a hundred ties i've only got about 15 or 20 of them that go with my suits
0: yeah you need to find a fashionable homosexual friend who can pick out ties for you <laughs> yeah that's probably
1: about it too uh now the guy speaking that of my- uncle canada where is he <laughs> Tenor clothes horse. You've never heard that t- term before. Call, uh, some, calling someone quite the clothes horse—that normally means that they're very fashionable. They have lots of clothes, and you know, normally well dressed and such.
0: Yeah, I've never heard that either. So really? this okay. is one of your weird regional
1: dialect. I don't know. Maybe I made it Odd up. sayings. <laughs> you you clothes horse? <laughs> no, no, it's clothes horse. Uh, and it's funny. I think a lot of my uh, terms and phrases that I use come from reading that i did as a child you know that imprinted on me which is going to make some of my dialect weird because one of my favorite authors is guy was a guy that uh started writing uh, books in 1935 or 37 and wrote right up until his 80s so the guy wrote 40 or 50 years and i picked up a, quite a bit of dialect from him which means i have some dialect from the 40s and 50s uh, kind of meshed into my uh vocabulary without really intending it
0: yeah, I I don't know how that's gonna how helpful that's gonna be you you know, moving know. forward. Okay, there's speaking only so of... many times you can call someone a nincompoop,
1: <laughs> or a schmuck, or whatever. Um, speaking of schmucks, uh, did you hear that Ellen, uh, Elon Musk uh, changed the number part of it, their baby's name? Elon Musk? No, Elon, I did yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, you know, because they they you know they changed the part that said the number twelve. Um, they left it in but they changed it to roman numerals cuz i thought it looked better
0: <laughs> yeah that's just stupid
1: so now it's still 12 but it's a, it's the roman numerals for 12 instead of the uh, you know uh numbers for 12 uh is dude, is this guy is it just me or is this like the most pretentious douchebag on the fucking planet at this point um jesus christ uh you know they they're changing they've already given their kid this weird ass fucking name uh because they wanted to be unique and special uh now they decided that they don't like the way their baby baby's name looks so they're going to change their baby's name um that'd be like if my parents didn't like the way the y looked on uh on the end of my name J A Y, so they uh, they uh put four x's on there and said it's pronounced as a y i mean that's the sort of stupid shit that it is
0: yeah, he's just. I, I think he's just rich to the point that he doesn't have shit else to do. So now he's just gone completely nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it. I think it is. I. I don't think he's a horrible guy. You know, so I feel kind of bad calling him douchey. But he's doing some douchey ass things. Um, like his entire. I'm not going to own any houses, so he put. You know, any material things, so he put all of his houses up for sale. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's actually going to sell any of them or like that entire thing he did where he thought that the stock price was too high. So he posted it. He thought his own stock was too high. And while I don't know enough about business or stocks or anything to be able to make this accusation stick, to me, that feels like he's manipulating the stock for some reason. Like it benefits him if the stock's not as high at that point. Um, Obviously, I I can't speak on that, but that's the type of thing that it feels like.
0: I think he's just an eccentric billionaire at this point. Mm. I mean, the guy figured out how to cheaply, you know, send rockets into space. Like, you know, he's he's got that mad genius thing going on.
1: Oh, that's the only reason I don't hate the dude, because he supports uh, space travel. And I think that's something that's important and that we really should uh, be behind. And it's really kind of embarrassing that us as a country have given up on it. Uh, as a government sort of thing and it's reached a point where a private industry is taking over Um, I'm glad they are but it's a fucking embarrassment Um, this is one of the things I feel pretty strongly about so give me a second here Um, we 100% sure for 100% need to be able to leave our fucking planet uh, it's not an if, it's a win. Eventually, the this planet is going to be uninhabitable, uh, whether we do it ourselves or the far more likely thing, we get hit by a fucking meteor and get wiped out. When that happens, we need to be on other planets as well. Otherwise, there won't be a fucking human race. Uh, all this you know, bullshit about little things here, little things there, that is the 100% the most important thing This we as a race should be working on is space travel. I know it sounds like a weird tangent to go on, but I feel pretty strongly about it.
0: What are you talking about? We we just, you have to thank Donald
1: Trump. We created a space force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Defending us against non-existent threats from space is not really what I had in mind when I said that we need to advance our space technology. However, if it does advance space technology, I'm all for it. Because um, it needs to get done. I mean, I mean history has shown us that, Uh, Every once in a while, we get fucking hit with asteroids and meteors. It's going to happen again. Just like that entire California earthquake thing. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And it probably won't be during our lifetimes. It probably won't be during our kids' lifetimes or their kids' lifetimes. But it's going to happen. And it behooves us as a race to prepare for it. Um, There's so many other reasons for space travel. like There's just money hanging out in the sky waiting for us to go out and get it um you know uh so there's uh, tons of other reasons to advance space travel and go to other planets and the asteroids and things like that but when it comes down to the base of it we want to survive as a race so we need to move around and spread out fair enough sorry, sorry so dude, going no. well and,
0: and i was just catching up with the chat did you want to talk about the poi, poi thing that's going on
1: uh yeah okay let's talk about that um uh, for so let's just, unaware. let's start it
0: here before okay. you even give the background. Okay. So do you think he's having a meltdown and wants to be
1: banned or he was hacked? I one or two. He, I think he was hacked. That's my opinion. Um, for he's been complaining about, okay. For those that are are unaware on the forum, there's a guy, That lives in China. Uh, He was pretty well-received and well-respected for years because he gave us interesting stories about China. Uh, And and even when the COVID thing started, people were still pretty much, hey, be careful, you know, be safe over there, yada, 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 right up to the point where he posted a thread saying how happy he was that he lived in China. Um, And people were like, why would you say that i mean you you, with all the problems they're having and he could have just went ahead and said all the things that he liked about china instead he'd started defending all the shitty things that everyone said about china uh which turned the forum against him pretty quickly because he was saying some dumb um now that being the case the last week or so he's been making threads complaining about hackers I never really clicked on him, but he's been pretty vocal about it for the last week or so. So when I saw him posting dick pics all over the OG, my first thought was he's he's probably been hacked. If he hasn't been hacked, then he's uh, being very dedicated to his troll shtick, one of the two.
0: Yeah, I'm assuming he was probably hacked. Like, if you want to get banned, it's pretty goddamn easy. Like, you could just say, hey, ban me. Right.
1: Someone will take care of that. Right, right, right. If, if most people, if they've decided they've had enough of the uh, form and they're going to storm off and not be, you know, take their ball and uh, go home with it, they just do so. They don't like uh, post hilarious dick pics all over the OG. That's obviously somebody else fucking with them. Well,
0: yeah, it's got to be something. And I, so th- this one personally has impact for me because right. I did not okay anyone using my pictures that way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, of course, he had to use large African-American penis for all the uh, shots that I saw. Uh, an impressive one, too. Although I've heard that uh, one of the myths about why black people are so large is for the most part, they're showers, not growers. Uh, obviously, there are some big uh, dick black guys out there. But from what I understand, uh, the reason that they get that reputation is because they look so large when they're you know in the locker room, when they're not excited about anything. And they don't actually get much bigger uh, when they get an erection.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really think this is a topic that we're going to delve very deep into, <laughs> um, despite for the fact that I'm sure you would like to go super
1: deep with this topic. <laughs> yeah, the chat box is going abort, abort, abort. Okay, we'll move on. Uh you know, I'll be really glad on a completely different subject when you uh, when I get that microphone that you're sending me, and well, I'll have to talk about what I'm giving you for that, because this one, despite the fact that it sounds just fine, the internal headset keeps on going up and down, in and out. So I'll be in the in the middle of talking with you, and all of a sudden my voice will get super loud in my ear or super quiet in my ear, and it's really fucking with me more than I thought it would.
0: Uh-oh, the voices inside Jay's head are getting stronger.
1: <laughs> well, shit. Hey, look at that, dude. We got about 10 minutes left. Uh, I have one or two things uh, to cover. Uh, do you have any topics you want to get into before we get out of here?
0: So actually, interestingly enough, uh, so after I packed up that microphone and interface to, to send to you, mm-hmm. I, you know, randomly got the impulse buy idea to buy myself a, an extra microphone. Hmm. Uh, so I will have a, a new one coming in as well. Oh, nice. I probably won't use it. For, I may I may switch it in and out here and there for the podcast just to see kind of what the difference is and how well each you know responds to to my voice. But I figured, hey, I should probably have a backup at all
1: times. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because obviously I'll have a couple backups, if I ever have any problems, and I'll be interested in that because eventually, as we mentioned, uh, I want to upgrade uh, from the wonderful gift that you're giving me to a better microphone and you having two different ones will give me different options on which ones I can buy for myself.
0: Yeah. So I actually went really close to, to the same one I'm sending you. So I'm sending you the NT one a, and I bought their basically their refresh of that microphone, uh, which is just called the NT one.
1: Oh, Okay. Okay. That's good to know.
0: So Uh, if you do a lot of research and I, I kind of went down this rabbit hole, uh, actually, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday that I ordered the damn thing. Went through the rabbit hole to to things that respond best to voice, and then if you're going to do music, more of kind of a hip hop thing. And over time, if you're not going to be spending, you know, eight to eight hundred to a thousand dollars on a microphone, the Rode NT1 and NT1A are still probably the best thing that you're going to find. And it seems the the NT1 has a little bit. A little bit warmer of a profile than the NT1A. Hmm. Uh, so I just decided, hey, it's it's kind of the refresh of it. So why not give it a shot? Oh, there you go.
1: Excellent. All right. Uh, I did have one more topic I wanted to cover before we got out of here. Um, you remember that Ghostbusters remake uh, that came out in 2016? Yeah,
0: wasn't that absolutely just a steaming pile of liquid
1: fermented shit? I had thought so, but apparently we were mistaken. Uh, from what I understand, the real reason that it didn't do well was because Donald Trump said bad things about it, and 2016 was such a bad, uh, anti-Hillary year that it really affected the movie sales. <laughs> This, or at least that's what the director is trying to tell us. That that's why the movie failed because uh, 2016 was a horrible year for women empowerment, and everyone was anti-Hillary. And then when uh, Donald Trump said something about you know the Ghostbusters movie being you know a, a reboot or something like that, it totally sunk the movie because clearly it had nothing to do with it being a big fucking steaming file of shit.
0: Yeah. How about we just go ahead and change the fucking Ghostbusters? which was four men in a goddamn good movie from the fucking 80s into four talentless, halfway shitty comedians
1: that just have to be women. (laughs) Yeah, I was personally offended with this one, to be honest with you. Maybe not quite as much as you, but this is one of my favorite movies uh, from my childhood and i didn't see any point in them doing a reboot i'm like hello uh 90 of the actors are still around you got everybody except for harold Ramis. why not just redo the fucking movie you know do a new one um i don't i don't mind having female characters as leads make a different movie don't make the same movie with with female leads that's not necessary that's not how the movie was written that's just dumb um don't get don't get me wrong. The four ladies of have variant levels of various levels of talent and a couple of them are, from from I understand, are really good. Uh, I haven't really watched much of their stuff, but uh, from what I understand, two of them at least are supposedly really good comedic actors. Um, no, no, hold on, Jay. let's let's really
0: get to the bottom of this here. Uh You're talking about goddamn Melissa McCarthy, who (laughs) should not be a hero in any fucking movie unless it's a movie about eating pie.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm in a weird position where I'm going to defend uh, Melissa McCarthy. Um, Oh, so you like the fat chicks, do you? No, no. I don't like she, I don't know. She seems like she's pro- on an interview. She's probably a nice lady, Uh and her stick is good for what it is. It's she's what I consider a one note comedian. Uh, she's the type of comedian that uses uh, the way she looks as part of her humor, and in that context, she's actually funny. When you when you give her a role where that's what the role is, uh, I've seen a. I, bits and pieces of a couple different movies that she's been in and i, and I believe she was in a, a tv sitcom when she's doing that role that's fine she can do that uh it's not horrible uh but it's certainly not fucking awesome <laughs> and you do and she certainly doesn't do well when you put her in other roles besides that um like like stray was saying she was great in bridesmaids that's one of those movies i saw bits and pieces on and when i one of the bits and pieces i saw her up she was really funny but that's her shtick uh and then i think one of the other women was supposed to be uh like in one of the Saturday night live ladies, uh, Kirsten wig or something like that. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything, but I've heard people say that she's one of the few good parts about that movie, or she's a a good actress. So it's surprising that she's done, did so bad in this role or, or shit like that. So I do know like uh, for at least two of them, it's not really the actress's fault. Uh, The other two on the other hand. No, it absolutely (laughs) is. It's (laughs) casting. It's the,
0: it's the actresses like we talked about this God, what was it last week or the week before? Like Pauly Shore was awesome in Pauly Shore movies. Right. But if you put that dude in the fast and furious, even I'm going to miss that one.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, certain people are only good in certain roles. Uh, like Steven Seagal a- early in his life. He made a great action hero, but he's certainly a one note action hero. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, he he played himself in every fucking movie. Uh, And if you tried to put him in a role other than that, it was a horrible, horrible mistake. Um, Like, here's a good one Ashton Kushner. He plays a dumbass. Ashton Kushner, isn't that the guy from the 70s show? Kutcher. Kutcher. Okay, thank you. He plays a great dumbass. He played it great on the 70s show. He played it great on Dude, Where's My Car? Uh, Other than that, I haven't seen him in anything where he didn't seem horribly out of fucking place. I mean, yeah, well, he's just just not,
0: he's just not a great actor, but outside of that, like, so Ashton Kutcher is an amazing human being.
1: Oh, go ahead. Explain. I've, I've heard several good things about him, but obviously you feel pretty strongly about it.
0: Well, so it just sounds like he's just, he's done a ton around like, you know, sexual abuse and like, you know, exploitation of, of kids, like. It's just a stand-up dude. He used kind of his fame and his money to to do something good with it versus, you know, naming his children something ridiculous.
1: Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, and I was always surprised when he uh, uh, got with Demi Moore. And I'll be honest with you, I thought there was ulterior motives behind it. Like, I figured he was, you know, uh, cashing in on the tail end of her uh, fame. You know, while she was still not horrible looking to boost his career, uh, and eventually, obviously, they did, did get divorced. But they lasted enough years that to make me think that that wasn't the case. He just actually thought she was hot and wanted to be with her.
0: Yeah, he had a cougar fetish, and then yeah. she got beyond that age group. Yep. So he traded her in for a new model, and yeah. uh, he did pretty well again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, for the most part, I've seen uh, I've seen a couple pictures of uh, what's her name, where I thought, "Holy shit, she needs to make sure she keeps herself up," but. God, what's her name again? I I can't remember her name. Uh, The chick chick from that 70s show. Um, Mila Kunis? Yes, yes, exactly. Thank you, yeah. And other than a couple pictures... So, just an aside here before you even get into that.
0: Uh So, how often are you actually forgetting these names versus just leaning on me as a
1: crutch, knowing that I will pronounce them correctly? About 50-50. That's what I figured. That one time, I couldn't remember. I, I actually couldn't remember her name, but I also knew that if I did remember her name, I'd probably mispronounce it. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, uh, she's she's a beautiful in most shots. There, of course, there are those ones that went around uh, the internet at one point where she wasn't made up and looked like she was thirty pounds overweight, and who knows what was up with that. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, uh, Ashton's done pretty good with his shit.
0: Yeah, so I good guy, you know, good for him that he's pulled, you know, some uh, some pretty impressive women. I guess, uh, hey, he, maybe he deserves it, huh?
1: Uh, Speaking of impressive, uh, Laura Prepon, I believe that's her name, uh, is a beautiful, beautiful woman. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen her in a while. She might have aged well. But that was one of those cases where they uh, definitely toned down her looks for the TV show. Yeah, I don't really remember her all that well. She was the redhead, and they made her very tomboyish. And it turns out she's actually very pretty. And from what I understand, a really good poker player. I remember a couple times seeing her show up on the World Series of Poker and such. Did not know that. Yeah, yep, yep. All right. Well, it looks like it's about that time. Unless you got something to cover, we might as well call it a show. No, I I just do have
0: two things, as always, before we get out of here. Uh, Number one, everyone, it is fight week. So we will be doing predictions later this week. I think generally we do them either Wednesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. We'll see when we have other folks on. This will be a complete crapshoot. So we'll need you to keep, uh, keep track of these. As you were oh. supposed to on the last ones, I, which I did. Yep, I, I posted and, the results uh, on there. Yeah, see how all of our coin flips turn out. So hey. we have a fight companion on Saturday, and we will have a superhuman companion on
1: Sunday. Oh, goddamn! It is a weekend of other ground life. Oh wow! All right. Well, I want to thank uh, the. Hey, OG hey! hey, hey do up. not
0: step on my second goddamn announcement. <laughs>
1: Go ahead. Number two, fuck all 'all. (laughs) y'all. I want to thank the OG Army uh, for showing up. This wouldn't be a show without you guys. We'll see everybody tomorrow at six o'clock. You guys have a great night.